I've been planning a couple of episodes of Lead Like Elon that would go into uh, the potential competition between Elon's companies and giants like Google and Amazon. But the Apple car or the notion of the Apple car has been in the news so much lately that I'd like to look at that today. This episode is going to look at uh, what I think is going to happen with the Apple car, how Tesla should respond, and what are the areas of overlap that might be challenging or cause competition between Apple and Elon. As recently as December 21st, 2020, so just a, about a week ago, um, Mac Rumors, a magazine devoted to Mac Rumors, uh, ran an article saying that uh, they believe that Apple was very serious about producing an Apple car. And it's quite a lengthy article and they go into great detail, but basically they outline all the investments that Apple is making in producing, certainly examining uh, car technology and all the hiring they're doing, they're hiring people from the big three, Ford, GM, Chrysler. They've got people from Tesla, even. They've got people from um, some of the technologies that go into vehicles like BlackBerry, Nvidia, Bosch, companies like that that produce electronics that go in cars. So they're clearly assembling a lot of talent. They've also applied for a driver's license. This is uh, a while ago, I think 2015, where they applied for a driver's license so that they could test their driverless technology. So they're clearly serious about doing something in the car space. The question is what? This question has been answered by a lot of speculation saying that they're gonna produce not just technology to go into a car, but a full car branded as an Apple. Even with all these signs that Apple is serious about producing a car, I, I remain skeptical. One of the reasons is that if you look at Apple's history, Every product they've ever produced has basically been a, a adjacent to the next product. They produced a desktop, then they produced a laptop. They produced a printer, and then they produced a router. They produced Newton, that didn't work out so well, but then they produced uh, the iPod, which is really just a hard drive with an Apple logo on it and a set of headphone ports. That begat the iPhone, and then they that begat the iPad, and they've built servers along the way and you know peripherals like headphones and that kind of thing, but it's all consumer electronics. It'll all fit comfortably on a kitchen table. You can carry it into a genius bar. These are completely different characteristics from producing a vehicle or, or rather from a vehicle. The first question to ask is can Apple succeed building a car? And I think the answer is definitely yes. Uh, they have deep pockets and a lot of talent. Furthermore, as Elon Musk himself has pointed out, building a car is really easy. It's building thousands of them, hundreds of thousands of them. That's hard. But even there, Apple is very comfortable outsourcing its manufacturing and probably can get its arms around the issues of farming out uh, the production of a car to a company like Magna, which already uh, builds cars under license for BMW and, and companies like that. So it's not an unfamiliar challenge to outsource the production of vehicles. Furthermore, one of the companies that Apple collaborates with most closely is Foxconn in China. Foxconn makes the iPhone. 
and Foxconn is actually coming out with its own automotive um, underpinnings. This idea that it can license technology to any automaker, uh, the, the batteries, the, the power control units, the motors, um, the display technology within the cabin, these can all be now sourced, or at least this is the plan, is that they're gonna to put together a modular set of components that auto manufacturers can use. So this certainly implies that Apple could go, or maybe even be the first customer. Even though there are many reasons to believe that Apple's getting into the car business, I, I still can't bring myself to believe that they would actually produce a car. And one of the reasons for that is the, that building cars is a terrible business if you want high margins. GM's uh, gross profit margin for the last five years averaged out has been 11%, which is pretty good actually for uh, the automotive industry. Tesla's beating them. Um, and again, this is gross profit margin on vehicles, but for the last five years, it's averaged 19%. But the granddaddy of them all is still Apple. Apple's gross profit margin for the last five years has been 38%. Why would you, if you can do that, and, they, and Apple's been doing it for decades, why would they suddenly want to water down their gross profit by getting into the car business? It doesn't make sense to me. I think there's something else going on. Developing a car from scratch is not easy. Tesla didn't even try when it began. It bought Lotus vehicles and modified them to have electric drivetrains and called those Teslas. They then built their first car, the Model S. That was their, their first design. And this was after a few years at the Roadster. Um, and then they had difficulty putting together the Model S correctly. And then they had difficulty putting together the Model X correctly. And then they wanted to make, and those vehicles were at relatively small volumes. Then they decided to make the Model 3. The goal was to make a more affordable sedan uh, that they could sell in volume. And they certainly had a lot of demand. But when it came time to build them all, they had a lot of challenges. Again, people were saying the company would fold because they weren't able to produce a quality product. And they did have a lot of quality problems to begin with. The kind of quality problems I think Apple would really uh, find shameful. It's, it's only now with the Model Y that we can say that Tesla's sort of figured out how to make cars. They are having a higher quality product. They're having less uh, trials and tribulations producing them in, in quantity. That's been a 12 year journey. Amy Jo Kim is a well-known game designer and startup coach. She has said that the beachhead is not the destination. So looking at it another way, we didn't invade Normandy, Normandy because we wanted Normandy. It was a beachhead. The intention was to liberate Europe. What's going on here with Apple, and, and to be fair, Apple's not claiming anything. These are rumors, but the rumors claim that Apple is gonna come out with some sort of Tesla killer in one shot. It's gonna liberate Europe in one go. And I don't see it. I think that there has to be a beachhead for them to conquer and then spread out. This is my advice to Apple is don't try to build a car, try to build more and more of the componentry, more and more of the software, more and more of the systems that go into cars, get your feet wet and go from there. Apple already has a modest presence in many cars in the form of Apple CarPlay. 
I think that Apple will have greater success if it uh, doubles down on that and tries to contribute more and more to the electronics within a car, as opposed to building a car itself. They could build uh, the self-driving tech, the in-car electronics. That would be something they'd be very good at. And I think people would find very appealing if it had, if there was Apple technology in a car to choose from. This would work very well for Apple's balance sheet, I think, because the technology that it produces, instead of just being applied to its own brand, could be applied to multiple vehicles, multiple uh, brands. And furthermore, um, the gross margins on software and licensing tend to be far higher than it is on hardware, particularly car hardware. I think this plays to Apple's strengths. Apple already makes beautiful electronics and interfaces. Um, it has all the technology that it needs, including artificial intelligence, LIDAR, imaging technology. Uh, they could make a really good show of building electronics for cars and even providing the in-car electronics. They have all the cloud-based, you know, they have iTunes. They could really play a role in keeping people entertained while the car is whisking them from location to location without them having to drive. The other thing is that producing the full self-driving tech and the interface tech and the entertainment tech that go into a car, I think this is a far more durable business than the technology in the produ production of the car itself. A, a lot of assumptions are that, or a lot of people are assuming that Apple is going to produce a car that people will wish to buy. And they have lately been saying it could take roughly five years for this to happen. In five years, I think in the urban centers, we're gonna have much more ride sharing. People who can afford to not bother with having a car, they can simply buy transportation as a service. At that point, what do they care what model of car it is? I think they'll just be happy to get any robot taxi that shows up. And so the, the hardware, the margins on the production of the car itself I think will be extremely small. However, the cars will still need to drive themselves and they'll still need to entertain and interface with their occupants. This is something that Apple could, could count on, business that Apple could count on as far out as I can imagine, but certainly for 20 years. If Apple does produce a high quality set of in-car and full self-driving electronics, there's little doubt in my mind that this will be useful to the more traditional automakers who struggle with those kinds of electronics and software. We have a perfect example from Volkswagen who had to delay the launch of their um, much anticipated ID3, the Volkswagen Golf uh, sized electric vehicle they hoped to produce in volume. And the, the reasons they delayed it were all to do with the in-car electronics and the software turning to an experienced electronics and software vendor, designer and vendor like Apple, I think would be uh, a good move for a lot of car manufacturers. So the other question to consider is can Tesla be caught? Um, Tesla has a 10, 12 year lead when it comes to producing electric vehicles, power electronics, the software, even the full self-driving stuff they've been working on for, uh, I don't know, seven or eight years now. They're way ahead of other manufacturers. I think that Tesla is ahead and it's full of some very clever people, especially with Elon Musk at the helm, but it's hard to imagine 
a future where all the other manufacturers and companies like Apple can't get together and field at least one competitor um, to that technology suite. And so the question is, will it be Apple? You know, there are other companies that are, that are trying to get into that space. Amazon is doing that, not with an eye at this point towards consumers, but because they have such an enormous fleet of delivery vehicles, wouldn't it be great for their margins if they could have full self-driving tech or, or certainly electric vehicles. They've made a deal with Rivian and now they're, they're producing Rivian delivery vehicles for Amazon. It won't be long before Amazon, who's heavily into robotics to say, and, and furthermore, heavily into AI to say, okay, it's our turn. We're gonna get these vans all set up with AI and EV. And maybe we license that technology to other companies. Same thing with, with Google. Google's already working on full self-driving very aggressively. They have a different approach, but nevertheless, they're a leader in this space. So you've got at least three companies there, Apple, Amazon, and Google, that could compete with Tesla and start to erode Tesla's margins and get some of that money for themselves. So doesn't it suck to be Elon Musk right now? Because you've got, you are basically in the crosshairs of every company that wants to field an EV or an autonomous vehicle. Elon Musk has said many times that he welcomes the competition. And I, I do realize that probably some of that is bravado, but I think that it's also a recognition that the mission of Tesla is to get people out of internal combustion engine cars, that that's better for the world. And if people are following in his uh, footsteps, and that is solidifying the transition away from combustion transportation, I think he's happy about it. And it'll be a long time before they catch up. So I don't think he's particularly worried. Really the, the greatest risk to Elon Musk's business plan when it comes to Tesla is the sort of the glass ceiling of well, beyond this point, it's not practical to have an electric vehicle. The more entrants come into the space, the more apparent it becomes to everyone that it's actually the internal combustion engine that's not practical. And it turns on its head a lot of decisions to get made about, do we want a gas station there or do we want a charging station there? Do we want to create uh, laws that say uh, you can't use internal combustion engines in this region, You know, for example, downtown, where we want the air to be clean because we got congestion of vehicles. It just because it starts to tilt in the balance of what Tesla wants anyway. So I think he's okay with that. The other idea to explore something that I've been thinking about a lot is with, with Tesla being so far ahead with full self-driving, is it unassailable? And what I mean by that is um, if you are going to Google something, you Google it, you don't Bing it, even though Bing exists. It's because the more you use Google, the better it gets, the better it gets you more, the more you use Google. And we do know that um, there is a very similar dynamic going on with full self-driving within Tesla vehicles. The more people permit full self-driving beta to function, the more data Tesla has to assess potential dangers or actual accidents, figure out solutions to prevent them from happening in the future, and then incorporate them into all the vehicles that have full self-driving. What this means is that Tesla will rapidly become 
the safest fleet, the safest full self-driving system available. And once it does, you would think that the gulf between other vehicles and them would widen and widen and widen. The interesting thing about Bing is that Bing succeeds. It doesn't succeed compared to Google, but it succeeds compared to not bothering at all. And that's because a, self, a, a, a search engine is a profitable thing. And Microsoft is able to put that as the default in front of many people because they sell their own laptops or they, they form alliances with um, computer producers who are willing to have the software default to Bing on what they sell you. And if you never bother to change it, you're using Bing, you may not even realize it. You may think you've Googled it. And I think that th this dynamic is even stronger when it comes to cars, because there's this idea of the march of nines, they call it. So is the car 99.9% uh, .9 safe? You know, depending on what you mean by that, by what unsafe means. If it's 99% reliable, then it'll take you on your journey a hundred times. And in one instance, there will be some kind of collision or injury or death. So that's not good enough, clearly. A human driver can probably go 99.9999, right? So you can do, let's say 10,000 journeys without causing an accident. That's probably a little high, but you know what I'm getting at. Autonomous vehicle manufacturers need to exceed that. And they typically say in their, in their mind's eye, they need to exceed that by a factor of 10 or 100. So there's no equivocation. It is simply safer to have nobody drive this car than it is to have you drive it. No matter how many years you've been driving, this is safer. Now, the reason I think that the distinction between a car that's seven nines safe and eight nine safe is meaningless is because that's probably true from car model to car model. When you call a cab, you probably have a, there are statistics that would tell you if the cab that comes, that's a Nissan Altima, if it is safer or less safe than a cab that comes, that's a Camry, you don't hesitate to get into one or the other. You may know that the Camry, for example, I don't know if this is true, but you may know that the camera Camry is safer than the Altima. It showed up first, right? You don't go into a building and think, I'm not getting on this elevator unless it's an Otis. It, they're all very, 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 very safe. And so this waters down the lead that Tesla would have. And it comes back to this idea that there's a really good business model out there for all the car manufacturers and somebody like Amazon, Google, um, or Apple to produce a full self-driving technology that will compete in the marketplace and be uh, and, and generate almost as much money as Tesla will. So there's an opening there. And I think Apple should probably hurry up and take it rather than ceding that to uh, Amazon and Google and finding themselves producing a car at a time when people are transitioning into robo taxis and not having the connections with all the other manufacturers that would have let them license their technology. In an earlier episode, I talked about the notion of moats, M-O-A-T-S, the, the, the water around a castle. 
that is used as a metaphor to describe a way of preventing uh, competitors from attacking you. And Elon Musk has famous, famously said that moats are lame. And the thing is, a moat is a metaphor. So you can sort of, it, it's, it's the ultimate in straw man arguments, but it does to me indicate a, a direction in which Elon Musk is thinking. Elon Musk is thinking, go ahead and attack me where I am because I'm already going over there. So Elon Musk is always in motion. He's expecting his companies to get better and better all the time, produce better and better technology. So the fact that there are new entrants that are saying they're gonna be Tesla killers and come out with technology that's as good as Tesla, go nuts, especially when you're saying you're gonna do it in five years, the Tesla's gonna be five years better. So I don't think Elon Musk is gonna dwell on what the competition is doing. I actually think that it's good for Tesla if uh, other companies enter the space and the whole world rapidly transitions to electric propulsion. It just takes away all the arguments against buying a Tesla because now you know you can count on being able to plug in anywhere. So what do you think Apple will do? You know, do you th I'm curious to know what you think. Do you think it'll build its own car or do you think it'll license its technology? Do you think it'll rely on LiDAR? That's another interesting thing. They have LiDAR in their phones now. I don't know why they wouldn't use it on their cars. Elon thinks LiDAR is lame. I'll probably have to do an episode on that too, but I am curious to know what you think about that. So this show is called Lead Like Elon. What can we as leaders learn from this? And a lot of this is going to be speculation because first of all, we don't know if Apple's actually going to produce a car or if it's actually going to license any technology. And so we certainly don't know how Tesla's going to respond to what Apple's doing. We can speculate though, because we have a pattern. And my, my assumption, my lead like Elon advice is if you have a mission and that mission is succeeding and other people want to do something that resembles your mission, it doesn't change a thing. You are on a mission, you can maintain your margins by just being the best at what you do. And the other thing is that um, the mission of Tesla is not simply to produce electric vehicles. It was in the beginning, it was to get people out of internal combustion cars, but they since somewhat subtly expanded on their mission to say that they wanna get the world off of fossil fuels. There's plenty of work to be done. And there's already clues on what Tesla could do if Tesla suddenly had to get out of the uh, car business because whatever, Apple, Amazon, Google, were making so many cars so cheaply that all of a sudden Tesla can't make a good profit anymore. That's a dubious assumption because if Tesla can't make a profit, then certainly the new entrants can't. But anyway, let's assume that it's possible the margins shrink there's plenty to be done. You know, if you want to get the world off of fossil fuels, you need to focus on the power grid. You need to focus on home heating, home cooling. There's all kinds of things that are built into uh, current Teslas that uh, imply a suite of technologies that could be used in the home and the office to really impact the use of fossil fuels in the home. So I don't think it's going to be a stumble or a difficulty for Tesla. I think the, the idea for if we are to lead like Elon, the inspiration here is have a mission, stick to it, and make sure that the mission 
also be, you, you can be a little bit flexible about the mission. I already uh, talked about this expansion from, we will accomplish this part that removes our reliance on fossil fuels to a more comprehensive one. But again, you don't invade Normandy to have Normandy, you invade Normandy to liberate Europe. So Tesla focused on the electric vehicle, new entrants are coming in, the world's changing the way it wants. And then the next thing will be, okay, how do we, how do we liberate uh, people from burning fossil fuels? Thank you for joining me for this episode of Lead Like Elon. My next two episodes are gonna focus on the likely overlap and uh, competitive challenges between Elon's companies and Google and Amazon. I look forward to seeing you there. Thank you.